Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All righty, gang. We got a good show for you today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We're filming from our new studio. We're in Marley's domain. We're in Marley's room. We're going to be filming the show every day now from my monkey's bedroom or habitat or whatever you'd like to call it. And you'll see my baby kitty. I got a little baby kitty. His name's, or her name's Funny Face. We got the kitty in here. We got the monkey in here. And this is how we're going to do the show from now on from inside the monkey's habitat. And uh, the monkey's very favorite best friend is this little baby. There's the monkey. Hi, Marley. So Marley and I will be hanging out, doing the show, trying to do it every day. Marley really likes it when his uh, his kitty is in here with him. It, Marley's cat's name's Funny Face. Marley is a marmoset monkey. And we have another cat named Finn. Most of you have seen Finn many times. But Funny Face and, and uh, Marley, the monkey, are brand new pretty much to most people. You've never seen them before. Shouldn't be going very good, Barefooter, because Rockfish is closed, and it won't be open again until uh, April 1st. So everybody's Rockfish season should be not going yet. But gang, today's text the show. We text the show today. If you want your questions answered, you need to text the show. Those of you on Instagram, the number is 949-374-0786. Spotify, Megaphone, Apple Podcast. If you can get your questions in on Thursdays, we'll have them for you today. I'll always try to answer everybody's question. We got a we got a couple of them already. But gang, if you want to get your questions read on air, text Kelly. Also remember or text me 949-374-0786. And remember, one lucky texter today to the show is going to win a brand new t-shirt, a brand new Your Saltwater Guide shirt. And don't forget, gang, if you want free stuff at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival. Costa has already given me some swag, said they're going to supply us some swag. Baja Jerky is already supplying some swag. Akuma, either way, I'll have Akuma swag, one way or another, if I have to buy it or if they supply it with us. But one way or another, we'll have some Akuma swag, and then we'll have Promar swag. So we're going to have plenty of stuff, gang. If you show up wearing one of my T-shirts at the show, at the PCS show, and that is the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th of March, you show up at the show wearing my shirt, swing by my booth, say hi to Kelly, say hi to, to me and my kids. Everybody's going to be in my booth working hard. We're going to have the whole family there. We might even have the granddaughter there for a little while. But everybody will be at the show helping me out, and I'll be up on stage speaking too. Let's see if we can't get a ocean of these shirts in the audience. Let's see if we can't get an ocean of these shirts at the show. Gang, 
you might want to get your tickets up. Dr. Bill, he is telling me he is selling tickets like hotcakes. You want to jump on that Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival website and get your tickets. Yeah, that's my monkey jumping around in the back. That's Marley, the marmoset monkey. Remember, all of our pets are rescue pets. Marley's a rescue animal. Both cats are rescue animals. You may see our new little baby kitty inside Marley's cage. Marley's jumping around up on the top. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. You'll get to see a monkey. You'll get to there's the monkey. Hey, Marley, he's right above my head, gang. That's our little monkey. That's our little marmoset monkey. But all right, so we got a handful of questions already coming in. So let's see if Kelly can't read us a question real quick. All right, this is uh, from Greg. Greg Curtis. Greg Curtis. And he wants to know what's the best knot to use to tie mono to braided line. Greg, there's a couple of knots I use. I tie the double uni. It's quick. It's easy. It's effective. It works for me all the time. It works for me all the time. But the other lot that my deckhands tie and a lot of my friends tie is the Albright. I tie the double uni. You go to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, and you'll see all the knots that I tie on a daily basis to go fishing. But uh, I would say it's either the double uni or the... Albright, those are going to be your very two best knots for connecting braided line to monofilament or braided line to fluorocarbon. I do it all day, every day. People say you can't do it with fluoro to braid. Oh, I do it every single day, and it's I've been catching fish every single day for a very long time. So I don't know. That's how I do it, and I can only tell him how I do it. I can't tell him how you guys do it. So just relax, take a deep breath. Leave your comments. Oh, also, gang, I need your help. Everybody that's watching this and everybody that looks at any of my videos any day, hit the like button. Just hit the like button on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Megaphone. It all helps. There's Marley again up there. He wants to be part of the show. That's our little monkey jumping around back there. All right. We got another question, sweetheart. Yes. This is from Angel. All right, Angel, let's... And he wants to know, when do you use a dropper loop versus reverse dropper loop versus Carolina rig when targeting yellowtail, white sea bass, halibut, and which ones can you slow troll or drift? All right. Here's the deal, Angel. I personally do not use the reverse dropper loop. I don't believe in it. I think it takes you out of the whole idea of feeling the bite. When you put the sinker above your bait, you have no idea if you're, get, if you're getting a bite or not. A lot of times you'll catch a fish, and that's a great way if you have no idea how to fish to use a reverse dropper loop. That way the fish will automatically hook himself. You put a circle hook on the reverse dropper loop and use it that way, and the fish will hook himself. And that would work good for people that don't know how to fish. I personally, I want to feel the bite. I want to feel everything. So I'm going to use a regular dropper loop. Sinker on the bottom. Loop about 12 to 18 inches above the sinker. That's how I'm going to do it. We do it a lot when we're drifting for yellowtail or sea bass on the squid grounds. Or uh, if we're drifting... For rockfish, we use the reverse dropper, or excuse me, the regular dropper loop. And then as far as the Carolina rig goes, I 
have not had an opportunity to use the Carolina rig in salt water. It's either dropper loop, sliding sinker, and uh, fly line. Those are the three ways I do it. Dropper loop, sliding sinker, or fly line. I don't, I'm not that keen on the Carolina rig or the reverse dropper loop because once again, I'm gonna say, I wanna feel the bite. I wanna feel everything on the tip of the rod. Now listen, gang, people on TikTok are going absolutely bananas right now because they're trying to tell me the way they do it. Remember, Angel asked how I do it. I cannot tell them how you guys did it. I don't know how you do it. I, this isn't about you guys. I'm sorry. I know you know way more about fishing than I ever will. And you should have a show and you should do it and everybody will. But relax. I can only answer the questions how I do it. This is how I do it. That's all I have. Remember, you can text the show. If you have a great question, text the show. We're giving away a free T-shirt to the best question today. So far, two of you. That's pretty good odds. That's pretty good odds to win that shirt. We got any more questions, baby? Yes. Angel has another question. He, he wants to know when you anchor on a spot versus drift. Well, here's what I like to do. I like to anchor on most spots because the ocean's like a... Uh, if you would, a giant desert. And the spots are little oases in the middle of the desert. So what I like to do is make sure that I'm going to put you in the best possible scenario to catch a fish. And if you park on the fish's house, you got a pretty good chance of catching them. But if you drift along, every once in a while, you'll drift by a fish's house and you'll have a chance to catch them. But that doesn't happen that often. Now, if I'm fishing for halibut, I am going to spend a lot of time drifting but I'm going to drift on the edges where the hard bottom connects to the sand so that that's going to be like the lane where the halibut are. But I'm just not going to go out and park in the mud and just drift for hours at a time, nilly willy in the middle. I have to have some type of structure. I have to have some type of way to understand that I have a better chance of getting a bite. But 99.9% .9 of the time when we're out fishing, Kelly and I or you and my clients or anybody we anchor on the spots. I was just up in Lopez Mateo where all the guides up there, everybody drifts. And I taught our guide how to anchor on the spot. And it's absolutely amazing when you anchor on their house. It's nonstop, full speed action the whole time. If you pay attention and watch my videos, you're going to get to see all the phenomenal fishing that we did up in Lopez Mateo the last three days I was up there. It was very, very good anchoring on the edges of the mangrove roots and then casting our live shrimp or our live sardines or our live schmelt into the root system of the mangroves. Every time we touched the edge of it, it was a fish that fast. All right. We got any more questions, huh? Yes. Okay. This is from Hey John, Marley. This is from John Rowe. All right, John. And How he, you doing, buddy? He's uh, his text reads. What can we actually fish for now other than uh, calico and sand, sand bass? Okay, that's a great question, John. And I have a whole series over on my website at yoursaltwaterguide.com on how to fish the artificial reef system. That's my number one thing. If you guys have been members of my website in the last two or three years, you know we talk about the artificial reef system a phenomenal amount of time this time of year because of the fact that Everything's closed this time of year, but the artificial reef system holds a phenomenal amount of fish. There's sargo, which are 
unbelievable to eat and they get pretty darn big. They get to three or four pounds Sargo, which is a phenomenal fighting fish, great eating fish. You have some China croaker, yellowfin croaker, spotfin croaker, calico bass, sand bass. They all live on these artificial reef systems. Plus you have a plethora of the different types of rock fish that you can't keep this time of year, but at least you're catching them in shallow water where you can release them and they'll be alive. Also, we have sheephead, which are closed right now, but they're going to open up in a couple months. You just got to learn how to start to fish for those. But the artificial reef system was built just for the sport fishermen. That's what they spent all that money on. That's what they spent all that time on was putting these rocks and rebar and rip rocks and all this stuff out into the ocean to build habitat for sport fishing. They used our fishing license money. They used money that was... Uh, Brought together by private entities, Iser, Russ Iser built a big reef system up there off of Long Beach. All these reefs were put together for one reason, for the sport fishing industry. That's what they're there for, and that's what you need to utilize. And there's plenty of fish to catch. It's going to be more of a finesse fishery, light line, small hooks, small sliding sinker. But there is so many fish, and there's so many artificial reefs. Most people don't even know about all the artificial reefs. Y'all think, oh, I bought my fishing license. What do I actually get out of that? Well, you get that artificial reef system, which is absolutely spectacular. And that's a great fishery once you learn how to fish. Now, I know most of you are only into big game fishing. You only like to catch, hey, Marley, you only like to catch big bluefin, big yellowtail, dorado. But unfortunately, you live in Southern California. So the best thing to do is learn how to fish for the fish that live in Southern California. That was a great question, John. Thank you very much. Okay. We have any more questions, sweetheart? Yes, this is from Wyatt. All right, Wyatt, let's go. He wants to know what's your favorite fish that you've caught. Well, I would rather fish for calico bass than any other fish on the planet. It's my very most favorite fish. My wife, Kelly, and I love calico bass fishing. It's always going to be in a beautiful place. It's always going to be... It's Always going to be reliable on technique and uh, technique and ability to cast and ability to put your bait in the exact spot. And then once you get bit, then it's a big tug of war to get them out of the kelp or get them out of the rocks. It's a very, very phenomenal fish to fish for because it's always going to be in a good spot 90% of the time. You can anchor because you're going to be fishing boiler rocks or kelp our uh, hard bottoms, but calico bass by far my very most favorite fish to fish for. And then probably my second favorite fish now that we live in Cabo San Lucas, Kelly. Hey, Marley, he's coming down to check us out. My, he's, he's bummed. He's like, what are you doing, dad? Why are you talking to people? You, I want to, I want to spend some time with you. There he is. He's right here. Hey buddy. He's just right there. But um, rooster fish fishing down here in Cabo is unbelievable. It's not, fish that much and it's a very fun fishery and it's a live bait fishery and once you locate the fish it's pretty fun it's pretty full speed and spend a lot of time trolling around trying to find them but then once you find them it's a kick in the pants fishing rooster fish all right kelly all right we got is, another question here yes, okay. this is from darren and all right darren he is asking have you done much spotty fishing in mission or san diego bay and how's the bite in the winter Spotted bay bass fishing 
in the wintertime in San Diego is a phenomenal fishery. It's really, really good. Here's how I always have approached it since I bear when I was a little kid going to the shipyard with my father in San Diego and new in uh, LA and Long Beach. I always had a, a little bass rod because my father never let me use a spinning rod. We, I was not allowed to touch a spinning rod. So I, because they were, that was just how it was back in the day growing up in Southern California. So I had a little bass reel with an ambassador, our little bass rod with an ambassador reel back then. Those were the hot dope or the pen nine tens. Those were the two little bass reels we had back in those days. But I had always had some little rubber lure like a Mr. Twister or a scrounger or a worm king or something like that. Some little tiny swim bait. And we would have any piling on any dock system, any piling was targeted. You threw three or four casts to the piling, let your bait sink down the edge of the piling. And then move to the next piling. San Diego Bay has a million pilings. Mission Bay has a million pilings. Plus the bridge system. All the bridges are holding spotted bay bass. And then if you have a boat and you, you've learned San Diego Bay at all, there's big spots of eelgrass. A spot where there's a lot of eelgrass is that uh, Fiesta Bay or Fiesta, whatever they call it, in Mission Bay where the anchorage is. Right as you're starting to go into that anchorage on the left or the right side, there's big beds of eelgrass. And they're full of spotted bait bass. This time of year, they're all in there trying to stay close to that eelgrass because the eelgrass is representing a little bit of warmth because that water's so cold. So, yeah, I love spotted bait bass fishing because it's something you can do when the wind's blowing like it's been blowing. It's something you can do walking the harbor fishing. And like I've told all the kids and everybody, when people start to yell at you for fishing the docks, especially the younger generation, when these grumpy old men start yelling at you because you're fishing the docks, just head down and keep fishing. Because you know what? I'd rather you all were fishing than sitting on your computer, staring at video games or causing havoc or causing brain damage to somebody or spray painting buildings. You know what? Forget about the grumpy old people that don't like you fishing on the dock. I've heard every excuse known to me. Oh, those kids are down on the dock. Yeah, they're fishing for spotted bay bass. Shut up. If your life sucks that bad, don't take it out on young people because they're fishing. You all say all the time, oh, these kids today, they only do is stare at their bit. Now they're out fishing and you're whining and whimpering and complaining because they're fishing the pilings on your dock. Shut up. Sorry. I'm just, it gets me pissed off. Spotted Bay bass fishing is epic. I love it. It's fun. Newport Harbor, Dana Point Harbor, San Diego, Mission Bay, they all hold phenomenal schools of Spotted Bay bass. All right. Brian Wait. and Corona. All right. Brian and Corona. He is asking, do you know if the Coast Guard is enforcing the California boating license law? You know what? They should be. That should be something that is enforced. It should be something because what he asked is, if, do you think they're they're uh, enforcing the uh, the new safe voter safety card that everyone over the age of 16 is supposed to have? Well, you know what? They should because you should. You know what? It's always been as long as you had money, you could go buy a boat and you didn't have to know anything. 
I think it's super important to have some type of rules. You can't drive a car without, and here's all these people out driving boats around that don't have a clue what they're doing. So if they're not enforcing the boater safety card, they should be. But I think the problem is they don't have enough manpower. They don't have enough resources. They don't have, but if they do pull you over, I bet you they're going to ask to see it. And I would, if I was them, that's easy revenue for the county or the city or the Harbor Association. That's easy revenue. If you're that lame to go out there when you're supposed to have the card and you don't have it, well, you're just asking for problems. Plus, for all of us that vote every single day, we sure wish a lot more people understood what's going on out there instead of just driving around nilly-willy, causing mass havoc in the harbors and the waterways and Cal anywhere in the in the world, let alone California. Yes. All right, there you go. That's mine. There's another question. I don't know who it who is from. They didn't get their name. You guys got to leave your name. I can't give you that shirt if you don't leave your name. Um, he's asking, do you believe in or use descending devices to release rockfish? And he's asking because they do it. They do require them in Florida. He's just curious if. Uh, we have them on the left coast. <laughs> well, over here on the, the best coast, <laughs> we uh, descending devices are something we're pushing very, very hard to have on every boat. We are pushing for it very, very hard because this rockfish closure thing is near and dear to the hearts of all the, all the uh, people that are controlling us. We've been pushing for it. My sister is a huge advocate of it. She owns Dana Orr Sport Fishing in Dana Point Harbor. She's been talking about it. I've been talking about it. I was talking about it before these rockfish closures came into play. My good buddy Pete Gray over at Let's Talk Hookup, he's been talking about it for years. It's pretty much should be mandatory on all the boats in California, but it's not, but it should be, and it probably will be. But right now we're in a massive rockfish closure that's not going to open until April 1st. And then it's going to close again September 15th. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen to our future rockfish fishing after they close it on the 16th of September. But we shall see. We shall see. But yes, I would suggest every single one of you get a descending device on your boats if you're going to go fish for rockfish. All right. So, yes, I'm an advocate for it. Thank you. This question is from Dino. And he, Dino. He is asking uh, if he is anchored up on a primo spot, should he worry about if uh, the spot has a couple of kelp coyotes swimming around? All right, gang. Dino is asking about anchored on a spot, and then you have a couple of those beautiful, super cute, California sea lions. My, I nicknamed them kelp coyotes a long time ago. Those are, uh, we did a whole show on these animals a week or so ago. People are getting bit all over the place. Cabo, we've had four really massive attacks by these California sea lions. And uh, they're, a, they're, they're not a nice animal. They're, that's why they call them sea lions and not big plushy beanbag chairs. They're called sea lions because they're, they'll attack you. But as far as when you're on a spot and you're fishing and then a couple of those animals show up and you're on your own private boat, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to catch anything. There's a pretty good chance most of the fish, if you think about it like this, Dino, if there was a lion walking up and down your street, you probably wouldn't go outside. You'd probably stay inside until something happened to the lion. 
till they tranquilized it, took it away, did something to it. Same thing with the fish. Fish aren't stupid. When you got a lion swimming around the boat, eating every bait that goes in the water, and then eating every short calico bass that you throw over the side, the fish are like, no, they don't want to bite. The last thing they want to do is slow down and eat a bait when there's these lions swimming around the boat. So what I do first, my big suggestion for private boaters, here's what we do first. If the fishing's really good at the spot, the first thing we'll do is we'll take all the fishing poles out of the rod holders and all the fishing poles out of our people's hands. We'll lay them all down on the deck. We'll stop throwing any chum in the water. You don't want the sea lions to be able to see the fishing poles. If you hide all the fishing poles and then you sit down and you start eating lunch, sometimes, not all of the time, but sometimes that'll work. Sometimes that animal, as soon as the food goes away and he doesn't see anybody participating in the act of fishing, and these are super intelligent animals. They are not as smart as my monkey, but they're very, very intelligent animals. And they can see that fishing pole and they know if a boat has a fishing pole on it, there's a pretty good chance that boat's fishing. But if you put away all the fishing poles and put everything down and break out lunch and relax and eat your lunch, sometimes that'll work. Another thing that I am famous for, and it's kind of a poopy thing to do, but this is what I've done for years, is if there's other boats fishing in the area, I will slowly drive over towards those boats with the sea lions following me. And then when I get right next to them, I'll take off like a like crazy man. Leap, that's called the handoff. You drop your sea lions off at another boat, and then you go back to fishing. It works flawless. It's not a nice thing to do. I understand that, but it works flawless. And I'm sorry. I know that's not cool, but I've done it. I can't say I'm not going to sit here and lie. I've done it more than one time and it's worked way more than one time. There you go. Sorry. I apologize. Not really. <laughs> do we have any more questions? No, sweetheart? Okay, gang. So that's all the questions for today. That's all the questions we have. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to know about our monkey or our kitty or any of that stuff, gang. We're going to have to pick a win. Oh, there's Marley. He's like, wait, ask a question about me. See him up there. There's my cat, too. There's a little funny face. They're both trying to figure out why you guys quit asking questions. Okay, gang. Well, listen. If you looked at my game plan for this weekend, I said stay home. Gang, it is absolutely going to be some of the most gnarliest waves you've seen in a very, very long time. The swell in Ventura, they're calling for 10 to 15 foot on the beaches on Saturday in Ventura. As you get further down the coast, it starts to dissipate. But it's still going to be a massive swell. There's a lot of chop. The ocean's very confused. You're going to have a lot of southeast wind starting this afternoon, all day tomorrow, and Sunday is going to be really gnarly. It's going to start to come out of the southwest first thing in the morning and then rip around out of the northwest in the afternoon. But when the wind blows out of the east, the southeast, that's what we usually get for rain. It makes it very, very uncomfortable on the water and the fish. When the wind's out of the east, the fishing is the least. They put their noses down in the mud. They don't want to come up. They don't like that. Look at my kitties touching the back of my head. Everybody wants to be part of the show, gang. But be careful. If you do decide to go out this weekend and you, you have a disaster, 
Remember, I told you not to go. Remember, you're putting everybody's lives in danger when you decide that you need to go out there when it's rough. Think before you go. There's websites. You don't have to wing it anymore. Go to windy.com. That's what I use. It tells you exactly what's going to happen, how the wind's going to blow, and what's going to happen. We have another question? No. No more questions? Okay. Gang, be safe. We do have another Uh-oh, question. we have a question. <laughs> I thought, okay, uh, this is from Tim. All right, Tim. He is asking, why does the direction of the current matter so much for a good bike? Okay. Tim's asking me about current and current direction. Okay. All the structure and all the rocks and everything, 90% of the stuff in California is all set up because the prevailing wind, current, swell direction is from the northwest to the southeast. Everything flows in a downhill. We call it a downhill situation. The water movement goes from LA towards San Diego. That's a downhill current. That's the normal flow. That's what the fish feel the most normal at. There are a handful of spots up and down the coast where they'll fish very well on an uphill current. But when any of these spots won't fish is a, a no current situation. And it goes along the lines. Hold on. My baby kitty wants out. Come here. Come on. Come on. She just wants to get held. Okay, so look. This is funny face. I don't know if you can tell why. But this is a little funny face. She's purring like crazy. But listen, the reason why there has to be some type of current is the same thing when you're fishing in a river or a stream. The easiest parts of the river or the stream to fish are the parts where the water's not moving. But you know what? The fish aren't going to be in the part where the water isn't moving. It's easy to fish there, but you're not going to catch anything. When you're fishing in the ocean, if there's no current, there's no fish. They're not going to bite. They're all setting back on the rock or they're setting back on here. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're setting back on the rock or they're setting back in the kelp. They're all staying in the inside part of it because there's no movement. As soon as the current starts to flow, the fish all move to the front end, the smart fish, the big fish. Move to the front edge of the rock or the front edge of the kelp. The front edge being where the current's going to hit first. Because that means it's going to push the bait fish across the front of the kelp or the front of the rock. Or if you watch my videos, the mangroves. We're fishing the mangroves. The, the fish don't start to bite in there until the tide starts to move. When the tide starts to flow out of the mangroves, the fish get really excited because they know all the bait fish is going to get washed by the roots of the mangroves. Same thing with the ocean. That current is super important for the fish to bite. They need that flow because then they know that the food's coming. The bigger, smarter fish are going to move to the front. The smaller fish are going to move to the back because they know if they stay out in the front, they're going to get eaten. So all the big fish move to the front of the current or the front of the kelp or the front of the rock that they're living on. And you can go to that same rock tomorrow that you caught a million fish at today. And if there's no current tomorrow, you won't even know there was a fish there. You won't even think it's the same place. Same thing if you went there yesterday and didn't catch anything. You probably pay attention. Have a little notepad or use your phone notes. And write down our text message what happened. Hey, there was current today. We caught a lot of fish. Hey, there was no current today. We didn't catch any fish. Start to write this stuff down and you'll start to understand what I'm talking about. 
And then if you don't know where to go or what to do, your saltwater guide, every one of my spots I went through, I have over a thousand spots. I tell you how they fish the best, uphill current, downhill current, onshore wind, offshore wind, northwest, southeast, all that stuff matters and it all matters. And all these spots are written down or excuse me, all these spots are talked about by me and I tell you exactly how to fish them, where to fish them and why. Hopefully that answered your question on the current. What do we got, babe? We got another question? That was, it, that was just a comment. Um, no, that was, oh, wait, wait. Oh, the question from Tim. All right, Tim. This question about the about current and why does it matter. He uh, also just added, it's not a question, that uh, Mel Bacon was good. Mel Bacon was the man. Mel Bacon was the first person that took me on the boat and let me run the boat. I remember I was running double half day or working double half day out of Dana Point on the seahorse back in the 80s. And uh, in the morning, Mel was instructing me on how to do this and how to do that. And then on the afternoon half day, he said, you're going to pull the boat out of the dock. And I was like, okay. So I'm pulling the boat out of the dock with 60 people on the dock and Mel's untying the boat. And as I start to kick the boat away from the dock, I look out the back window, Mel standing there waving to me. And that was my first time running a sport boat by myself. Oh my gosh, 83, four, no, 85, 1985. Yeah, 85. Unbelievable. That was a long time ago. Mel Bacon, what a, he's a legend. He's been, he was the man. He taught a lot of people and he was my guy. He was incredible. Absolutely. He was the manager for my dad for a long time at Dana Orr Sport Fishing. Good old Mel Bacon. All right. Any more questions, baby? Yes. We got another one. We See, you guys, everybody wants to win this shirt. This is from David, and he says uh, he's been fishing. He's been mostly lake fishing, started going out inshore fishing. What fish are currently, um, what, what can he fish for in, in Southern California? Well, David, do you have your own boat? I don't know. If you don't have your own boat, you're going to be limited from fishing off the beach this time of year. And if you're listening to us, send it. Let me know if you have a boat or not. Fish as far as fishing off the beaches right now, surf fishing, fishing on the piers, and all yes. that. Oh, you do have a boat. Okay. So the artificial reef system, like we talked about earlier on this video, this is where you guys are going to make your living for the next three months. You're going to make your living fishing in between weather on the artificial reef system. And it's going to teach you a lot about fishing. And if you can catch fish day in and day out on the artificial reef systems in Southern California, then you are going to be able to catch all the other stuff that swims. When the yellowtail show up, it's good. you're going to be, this is so easy. I had no idea. When the tuna show up, you're going to go, this is because fishing this artificial reef is all about finesse and all about going light and fishing for the fish that have been fished for by a lot of people for a long time. But you're going to take all that knowledge and you're going to break it down and you're going to start to understand how this reef system works. And then you're going to be able to pick fish off every time you go. And then when all that pelagic fish shows up, you're going to be blown away at how easy it is to catch now that you've mastered the art of fishing the artificial reefs. David, that's going to be your go-to thing. If you're not a member of my website, I would join somebody's website. I would join something because the people that keep telling everybody to figure this out on their own, like they had to, well, they're lying. 
because they didn't figure nothing out on their own. Someone showed them, then they took the skills that they were taught and then they honed them down and made them their own. But we all got taught by somebody. If someone taught every one of us, it'd be like me saying, hey, we're going to go to the Jeff Beck concert tonight. And hopefully Jeff Beck's going to try to figure out how to play the guitar on his own. No, I want Jeff Beck to be the guy. I want him to be the guy. God rest his soul. We lost Jeff Beck yesterday. Another thing that I always tell my clients, when I, Kelly and I get on Valaris to fly up to Tijuana, we don't hope that that pilot on that plane tries to figure it out on his own. We're hoping to God he went to a lot of classes, learned a lot, and he has his license and he knows how to fly the plane. If you're going to go out on your boat and go fishing, you need to be involved with somebody that's going to help you to learn how to do it the right way. Trying to figure it out on your own, gang. Our time's too valuable. Our money is way too valuable. The price of fuel is too much to try to figure this thing out on your own. Get involved with somebody that's willing to teach you. I don't know anybody else that's willing to teach you as much as I am, but if there is somebody out there, get involved in their website. Any more questions? Yes, oh, my gosh. Now that everyone watches this T-shirt. So, John Rowe would like to know, what do you consider light line? 12 to 15 pounds. 12 to 15 pounds. Sometimes I'll go as light. When those sargos start to bite a lot, I'll go as light as six pounds. And then I'll jump down to my trout rod and I'll fish them on the spinning rod. I tried fishing the sargo on the spinning rod with my wife one day. She doesn't even know how to hold the spinning rod. She was like, I don't even know. I don't want to do this. But we will fish six pound to 15 pound. I'm not going to fish anything heavier than 15 pound unless... For some reason, we got on the artificial reef in the morning and it was straight big white sea bass. But I'm always going to have a heavier rod on the boat just in case because you never know what might show up. There's no nets around these artificial reefs, so any fish can swim over to them. A lot of yellowtail, a lot of big sea bass swim around the artificial reefs because they're just loaded with bait. And there's a lot of halibut on the edges of the artificial reefs. But 12 to 15 pound, loosen up your drag a little bit, enjoy the fight, enjoy fishing this time of year, and just get out there and do it. Hopefully that answers your question, John. Any more? Okay, gang, we're going to wrap this up. My animals are all getting excited. They're, they think that daddy's going to play with them. And we, Kelly and I are definitely playing with our animals here. Thank you all very, very much. Be kind to each other this weekend. Turn off the news. Remember, they all are just lying. Left, right, middle, they're all lying. It's just up to us to have the best time we possibly can have. I will be with you again Monday. We'll have another great show for you Monday morning. Don't forget, swing by our website. Just by visiting our website, you're going to get entered into the trip to win a four-pack on bowline sport fishing with Justin. I'm going to fly up from Cabo. Oh, look at Kelly walked out of the room and Marley got all excited and ran over to the side. I'm going to come up from Cabo. How do you win that trip? Just by visiting our website. If you visit the website, that's going to enter you into the contest just by visiting the website. There's no purchase necessary. But while you're there, you go, hey, I'm going to the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. Dave's going to be giving away a bunch of swag from all his sponsors. I promise you, gang, the stuff I'm going to give you is going to be worth the price of the T-shirt. I guarantee you that. You're going to get all kinds of cool stuff from all our different sponsors. We're, Kelly and I are going to stuff a bunch of grab bags for everybody that's coming to the show that wears this shirt. 
you're going to be so bummed if you're walking around and you don't have a shirt on and you're seeing all the cool stuff everybody else got in their little goodie bags. Gang, thank you again for all the support. Kelly and I are blown away. We're getting so many views, millions and millions and millions of views. If you don't believe me, go look at the social media pages. We get millions of views every month, millions and millions of views. It's absolutely incredible. We wouldn't get one view if it wasn't for all of you. It's about you guys. Just remember, hit the like buttons. I had no idea how important it was. I've never talked about it before. I've heard all these other people on all these other channels talk about it. I didn't even know it was important. Supposedly, it really is important for all these social media networks. It helps the algorithm. If they know that you're liking me, they keep pushing the videos in front of you. If you don't want to keep seeing me, don't, don't like them. But if you do and you're enjoying them, just it's free to push the like button. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. Don't forget the badges, the tips, the um, stars. All of that helps Kelly and I also feed all these rescue animals we have. It all helps. Everything helps. You'll be buying Marley some bananas. You'll be buying Funny Face some cat food. You'll be buying Finn some mice. Everybody will eat good. Just make sure you help out Captain Dave and Kelly girl. All right, gang, we will be here for you Monday. We'll have another great show. Thank you all very, very much. Adios. Oh, yeah. See you. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.